Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Greetings again today. We are jumping into the second part of Jesus' teaching about John the Baptist. Matthew 11, verses 12 through 19. As we read it and as we teach today, may you be touched afresh with God's presence, his power, his life. And even that which John the Baptist experienced in preparing the way for Jesus, may God's Spirit touch you as you look to make space for Jesus in your life and in the lives of others. The context for verses 12 through 19, our reading today, uh, we'll look at verse 11 to set the context. Jesus is speaking to the crowd after John's disciples left. They were questioning Jesus on behalf of John. Are you really the Messiah or should we look for someone else? Jesus ends this clarification in verse 11 with, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, than John. John had been expecting Jesus to bring forth the kingdom in a very particular way. The Jews at this time did not necessarily discern that the Messiah's coming would happen a one time and then a second time later at the end. They hadn't necessarily discerned that separation. And so there was a real confusion at times about what is the kingdom and John, suffering, imprisoned while Jesus is doing miracles, is tempted to be offended at Jesus, tempted to be confused as to why Jesus isn't changing his circumstances. Jesus honors John, and today, as Jesus unpacks this, we're looking at Jesus' teaching on prophetic wisdom. Jesus wants to clarify the nature of this kingdom, the timing of this kingdom, He's wanting the whole crowd to understand why John was being offended or tripped up and how we cannot be offended and tripped up in our day and age. Verse 12, Jesus continues. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Other translations say the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence lay hold of it. There's different ways of expressing it, but we'll break that down. For verse 13, it continues, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, there's a lot of different dynamics in this passage that can be hard to grasp, but our goal here is to lay it out plain so that we can plainly see John's role as it relates to the kingdom. Jesus' role and how we fit into this beautiful storyline that God's playing out. It says in verse 11 that John was the greatest one born of anyone. Now, him being the greatest doesn't mean he's the most loved, but he's the greatest, uh, the weightiest, the most significant in the role and the function, but not in God's affection or love towards him. Now, how is he the greatest? Up until John... He was the greatest. Just think of that. All the prophets, all the mighty men and women of God, so many people, he was the greatest. 
But yet the second half says, yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. John the Baptist is the pivot point where the entirety of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, comes to a conclusion and fulfillment in Jesus. And then Jesus, as God himself, as the king of the kingdom of heaven, is then introduced and ushers everyone in to the next era of time, the kingdom of heaven. John was so honored to have this role to literally prepare the way for God himself and in God's mind, it's there's no greater assignment than to be the friend of the bridegroom, as John said, and to lay down one's life to prepare the way for the actual God-man. Verse 12, it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent lay hold of it. So what happened was when John appeared, his message was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus arrives, he picks up the same message, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Both of them say to repent and turn, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John immediately before Jesus, just a few months, and then Jesus following up, are expressing and explaining and teaching about the kingdom of heaven. A few important things to note. God is a king over the whole universe. And in a certain way, from the beginning, there has always been God's kingdom. It's always established. He is sovereignly ruling over everything. Certainly, yes. Now, because he allowed humanity and the spirits in this age to resist him, his kingdom has always been challenged. So in a certain way, you could say the kingdom of God has always been in the Old Covenant, which is true. The second way that it's true is that God chose out Abraham and through Abraham, the entire family of the Jewish people to become a political kingdom, a political nation that he could lead through prophets, kings, and priests. So in another way, you could say, well, the kingdom of heaven was kind of already there through them. Both of those would be true. But in this moment, Israel had been exiled they had become disunified. They were politically taken over by the Roman Empire. The kingdom of heaven, both politically but internally in hearts, had been very torn apart, uh, shredded in a sense. And God knew that was coming. And he knew that the fuller, greater expression, the purest expression of the kingdom of heaven would come through himself becoming man and making a new nation, a new family, a family that's brought forth by the second Adam, which is Jesus. So what does Jesus say is happening with this kingdom? As Jesus comes down, people are beginning to repent, receive him, and they're beginning to prepare to receive the full kingdom of heaven, which again is released in a more profound way after Jesus' resurrection, when the spirit of that kingdom can enter into people and the church arises as the subjects of the kingdom that assemble as kingdom ambassadors. What's happening though, verse 12 says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, he's the, he's the pivot point, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing or suffering violence and the violence lay hold of it. Whenever we look at scripture, we want to see the context. The context is that John the Baptist, the kingdom announcer, is being attacked by violence. The kingdom of heaven's introduction at the beginning is attacked by violence. 
He literally is in prison and he's about to be beheaded for messaging and heralding the kingdom. Different translations seem to more emphasize the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, which shows a picture more of the kingdom of heaven advancing on the earth through forcefulness and aggressiveness. Other translations highlight more, no, the kingdom of heaven is manifesting and advancing, but it's being forcefully or violently resisted. The beautiful thing is that both are true. Whichever translation you go with, it's both true. The kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, and it's advancing through people like John the Baptist, who were assertive and aggressive, confronting sin, being willing to live in deserts, being willing to eat locusts and honey, being willing to do anything for the king. It's also being forcefully and violently attacked. The violence of the enemy against the kingdom is incredible. And John right now was suffering in that. And Jesus wanted to clarify, hey, just as I said, blessed is the man who's not offended because of me. This kingdom is advancing in part, but until it comes in the full for my second appearance, it will be violently attacked and you will be attacked. Don't be offended. Be blessed. Don't be tripped up by how I'm doing this. This is the way I want to do it. Verse 13, he explains more. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. This is key. The law, the Torah given to Abraham's descendants, to Moses, and then the prophets that called people back to the law and pointed to the coming of the Messiah, the fulfillment of the law. All of that went until John. Again, it highlights that the old covenant was building towards something. And John had this greatest calling of being the pivot point to turn people, to prepare people for Jesus's fulfillment and the arrival of Jesus's kingdom through him as the king. Verse 14, if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. That's another reference to uh, Malachi chapter 4. How God promised that before the Messiah would come, he would send a preparer that would help, in a sense, people make that transition before the messenger of the new covenant would come. Verse 15, he who has ears, let him hear. I just love that. I love how Jesus says, if you're willing to accept it, this is the truth. And if you have ears, please hear this. Lord, we even ask now that we'd be hearers of this beautiful message. Jesus continues to clarify John's assignment, and he says this, verse 16, To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon! But the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. Other translations say wisdom is proved right by her fruit. This is very important because the two pivot figures of John the Baptist and Jesus, who both released the prophetic message, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, functioned very differently. As John is looking almost to be like a reed swayed in the wind as he's doubting Jesus and how Jesus is functioning, Jesus in turn wants to honor John, 
He wants to speak, no, John's just getting tripped up because I am doing things different than what he expected. But he also wants to honor the way that God had called John to operate. What's this passage? We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. Basically, Jesus is saying, hey, all you people are like a bunch of kids frustrated with each other. Hey, we're playing a flute. You're not dancing. Hey, we're playing a dirge. You did not mourn. What it's a picture of is picture if a flute plays and it's a dance song, but no one responds. There's no engagement with it. And then a dirge comes on and it's more mournful and you don't respond and mourn. Jesus is saying, hey, my kingdom expresses in different ways and I want you to respond in accordance with what's being released. Verse 18, John's focus was fasting. He was committed to fasting. His disciples were committed to fasting. That was the song that he was releasing. That was the ministry he was releasing. And many people responded, but many said, he's got a demon. He's religiously excessive. He's got issues. And the Son of God says, no, he was called to play that dirge, to usher people into the morning of recognizing that they had allowed the kingdom of God in Israel to fall apart. They had turned away from God, and unless by repentance they were not ready to receive him as man. Many responded, many didn't. Verse 19, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus was the flute, playing a song of dancing, saying the kingdom of heaven is here. The king is here. He's calling all the tax collectors, the sinners, everyone. Let's repent, yes, but let's celebrate what's accessible now. And they said, no, he is a friend of them. He's off track. He's, he himself is a glutton and a drunkard is what they say. But Jesus concludes, wisdom is proved right by her actions. The prayer prompt for today is, Jesus, what unique wisdom do you have for me about how I can best serve you? God wants to illuminate to us the track that he has. Maybe we're the flute. Maybe we're the dirge. God has so many different instruments in his orchestra. And just like Jesus and John, we want to receive the assignment that God has for us in the kingdom. And we want to faithfully play out our part in this beautifully developing story. May your eyes and ears be open to your assignment, your role, and may you play boldly and confidently as you respond to God's song, even through others around you. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his spirit who indeed is this Jesus.